Thank you for listening to this message from Lifehouse Church. Turn to somebody, give them a high five, tell them it is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Tell them they're looking okay today. Give them some kind of word of encouragement. If you can't tell them the truth about how they look, tell them they got a nice shirt. How's that? All right, come on. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated after you give somebody some good news this morning. Good news. Amen. Listen, we are in a sermon series called Good News, and we should be spreading good news. Um, here's, uh, here's what I believe. I believe this. I don't think, I'm not sure about this completely, but I don't think we can get too much good news, right? I, I haven't studied this out. I haven't researched it any, but I'm pretty sure there's no adverse effects to getting too much good news. Uh, if anybody has that study, anybody has that, please fill me in, right? Uh, in, in my very humble, um, unprofessional uh, psychoanalogy of good news, I don't think we can get too much good news. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you can, I'm willing to give it a shot anyway, even if there's an adverse effect. Anybody with me on that? How many of you like perpetual, nonstop good news in your life? Amen. Anybody with me? It's true. We're all down with getting some good news. We're all about it. Bring it on. Give it to us. Hit us with it right every chance you get. If you can save a lot on your car insurance by switching to whatever. Ah, yeah, I don't see how many you're watching TV, right? Bring it on. That's somebody like, yeah, right out there. All right. If you can retire two, or, uh, two years early from your job and get an enormous bonus doing it. How many is like, bring it on, okay? Amen, all right? School or work is canceled because the weather is just too nice. Amen? Come on, bring it on. You just received a large inheritance from a long-lost uncle that you didn't even know you had. How many are like, sign me up? Sign me up, right? Can we really get too much good news? I don't think so. I don't think it's possible. I think, I think we want good news. We crave good news. I crave good news. We want to hear the good news. Uh, and, and I believe that's too, true in Scripture, too. I believe it's true in the Bible. We really can't get too much of the good news of God. So if you got your Bibles, I want you just to go ahead and head to the book of the Matthew. I said that twice in a row. All right, head to the book of Matthew. We're going to go into chapter 24 this morning. And while you're turning there, if you're listening online, we'll give you just a moment to get there as well. I'm going to pray over God's word. I'm going to pray over this morning and the word that's coming forth. And I want to pray over you receiving the word. Sometimes I got to pray for my tongue and your ears. Amen. Amen. All right. Sometimes my heart and your heart. We got to pray along those lines that we hear God's word. We receive it. And here's what I know and believe is the Holy Spirit will accomplish whatever he needs to in your own life. He will. So let's pray. Father, we come today, just grateful, thankful for your word. God, I pray, God, that as the word goes forth, Lord, that it would be a light unto somebody's path. God, um, Lord, it would shine forth. God, that it would, Lord, um, really just illuminate in front of them. And God, I pray that the Holy Spirit goes in amongst uh, all these people and those who are listening online. And God, it just speaks to them personally. And Lord, God, it gives them a word that they need now, a now word, a rhema word. And God, Lord, that it will change uh, their hearts it'll change their minds, it'll change their direction, and God, it'll give them perspective in all that they see and do. We give you glory in Jesus' name, and amen, and amen. All right, in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is talking to his disciples in this passage of scripture, and he's talking about future things. 
He's talking about things that are out ahead of them. He's talking about things that aren't taking place currently, but are going to happen one day in the future. And and he's filling them in. And and he's talking and discussing with them about how he's going to return to this earth one day. How many are glad that Jesus is going to return, right? If you didn't know that, I'm here to tell you this morning, he's coming back. He's going to return. So he's talking about his return um, to this earth uh, from heaven. And he's talking about the end of the age. He's talking about when things begin to shift And when things come to a close, as life as we know it, and God sets up his kingdom on this earth. So it's stuff we like to talk about. How many of you know we like to talk about the future, right? Anybody like to talk about the future? You all do. You want to... We all want to know what's happening out the line. We all want to know what's going to take place tomorrow. It'd be awesome if we could figure out what's going to happen tomorrow, the day after, three days after that, a month, a year, 12 years from now. We want to know what it's going to look like. We want to know what it looks like in the near future. We want to know what it looks like in the distant future. We want to know if the end is near. Amen? We do. They, they make movies about that stuff, right? How many of you have seen, like, there's like 5,000 movies about the end of the age, you know, about the end of the world. They, they do it over and over. We want to know this stuff. We want to know what's coming. And Jesus, the disciples had the same ideas we did. They want to know. So Jesus gives them some clues about, about what will happen at the end of the age. What's going to lead up to the return of Christ? What's going to lead up to the end? And, and, and the good news is, that, that um, Jesus is going to return. That's the awesome news. But the bad news in this portion of Scripture is just some evil things that are going to happen at the end of the age. The evil is going to abound uh, towards the end. So Jesus is kind of unfolding this. And, and as he's doing that, at the end of this passage, he hits into some truth about some good news. So while I'm reading this, it's not going to sound like it's good news. But at the end of this passage, we're going to pull out some things that really are Good news. Matthew 24, verse 3, and it says this. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes and various places and all these things are the beginning of sorrows. How many know this doesn't sound like very good news, all right? And then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended will betray one another. You see some of that these days, right? Will betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. No great news at this point. Matter of fact, I was thinking about disciples, you know, they're asking Jesus about the end of the age. And they're probably thinking, sometimes you ask a question and you wish you really didn't ask. They're probably thinking, you know, maybe ignorance was bliss. Maybe we, maybe we shouldn't ask the question, what the signs are up until the end of the age. Maybe we should have just kept quiet about that whole thing. I, that might have been racing through their mind as they're listening to Jesus unfold this and talking about how evil is going to rise and how it's going to get ugly for a while before he returns and puts an end to all that, right? But 14 says this, and this gospel, here's the good news, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Verse 14 is both prophetic 
It is a prophetic revelation, and it also gives us some of the good news uh, of the Bible, the good news of Scripture, the good news, good news of Jesus. The prophetic portion of this Scripture is that the gospel will be preached in all the world. The gospel of the kingdom of God will be preached in all the world, and many scholars believe that's going to take place before Jesus returns, before he comes back, before the second coming. The church is going to accomplish this task of taking the gospel of Jesus Christ into all the world. It's estimated right now that there are 7.83 billion people alive today. 3.37 billion of them are unreached people groups with little or no access to the gospel of Jesus Christ. According to the Joshua Project, there are approximately 17,428 unique people groups in the world with 7,400 plus of them considered completely unreached. Over 42% of the world's population. The vast majority, 85% of these least reached groups exist in the 1040 window, and less than 10% of the missionary work is done in these nations. The 1040 window is a rectangular area on the map. If you look at a world map uh, of North Africa, the Middle East, and Asia, it's between 10 degrees north and 40 degrees north latitude. This area is often called the resistant belt and includes some of the majority of the world's major religions of Muslim, Hindu, and Buddhist. Bible scholars believe that before Jesus will return, and we don't know for certain, but this is what scholars believe, that that area, right, that unreached people group is going to come to Christ. They're going to hear the gospel. And what was once thought was going to take maybe even up to hundreds of years is now all changed because of digital media, because of the ability to communicate worldwide very quickly. When the door opens up in, this, in these areas, I believe it's going to be like a floodgate and the gospel is going to go forth. So it could happen very quickly. This is good news, right? The gospel going into all the world. But the other part of that good news and that last part of that verse is that God has a kingdom. Amen? My watch is talking to me even, all right? I just got an amen from my watch, almost, all right? How many know God, how many know God has a kingdom, amen? He's got a kingdom. The good news of the kingdom of God is that we will become citizens of the kingdom of God. What Jesus came preaching about, it begins with the gospel, it begins with the good news. Last week was Easter, we were preaching Jesus Christ risen from the grave, right? Come back from the dead, and because he was alive, and because he came to life, and because he conquered death, hell, and the grave, we now conquer death, hell, and the grave through him. We now have life everlasting, and part of that good news is that we become citizens of a different kingdom, Amen. the kingdom of God. Jesus came to preach salvation and reconciliation, but he also came preaching the kingdom of God. Mark 1.14 says this, Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the kingdom, right? The gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The good news is if we follow Jesus, if we repent, if we believe, if we follow him, we become citizens of another kingdom, a different kingdom. If you're following Jesus, if he's your Lord and he's your Savior, if you've repented of sin and you've confessed him as Lord, your citizenship is not just in the United States of America any longer. You belong to the kingdom of God. And that's good news. 
The gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just fire insurance. Do you know that? A lot of people think the gospel of Jesus Christ is just fire insurance. Right? A lot of people believe that, that the reason I get saved is just to keep me out of hell. Right? Just so I don't go to hell. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, they preached on hell a lot. Now, I know you don't hear that so much anymore. But when I was a kid, they preached on hell like it was their job. They, I, I, I knew preachers and pastors that preached on hell so much, I thought they went and visited and came back to tell me personally about it. I mean, they would preach. And I don't know if you ever heard the terminology, scared straight. Anybody ever hear that that terminology? Oh, when I was a kid, you got scared straight, right? They, they would preach on hell, and we were down at the altar all getting saved. We got saved the week before, but we were back again just in case, right? Just in case we didn't get it right the first time. We, but but it, the, the gospel of Christ is so much more than just fire insurance. It's more than just keeping us from hell. It, it really is the good news of Jesus Christ. It is about salvation. It's about new life. And it is really about a new kingdom that we come into, new, a, a new citizenship. It's important. Listen, who we belong to is important. Um, what we experience is important. And where you belong is a big deal. It's important to know where you belong. It, it, it'll affect your present. It will affect your future. It'll affect your mindset if you know where you belong. Where you live matters. Where you call home, what you call home matters. Where you're a citizen of, it matters. And if you don't believe me, uh, just pull up your citizenship in the United States of America and, and move to a little country called North Korea. You just slide up into North Korea and park yourself for a little while. My, my son and I, my son's in from Philadelphia. Yesterday, yesterday, him and I were talking about a podcast that we both listened to. And he's actually reading a book uh, on North Korea. And, and if you don't, I don't know if you know this or not, but you want to talk about violation of human rights. In North Korea, there is such oppression, there is such fear, there is such a, a, a pushdown on the citizens of that country. Do you know that they don't even have a word that they use for love? It, it is so oppressive there, they don't even talk about love. If you listen to somebody that maybe has escaped from North Korea, uh, and, and I listen to a, a testimony of that... that there is so much oppression by the government there that they believe that the government can almost read their mind. I listened to a young lady's testimony who escaped from North Korea. She said, when I was growing up, I thought that the government could read my mind. I didn't even think a bad thought about the government, even though they were starving us to death, even though they oppressed our family, even though we knew people who spoke up one time and disappeared from the face of the earth. It, it, it matters where you live. Amen. It matters where you have citizenship. It matters whether you live in freedom or you live in complete bondage. It matters. And it matters if you understand if you're part of the kingdom of God, if you've got citizenship in the kingdom of God. It'll change how you think. It'll think, change your future. It'll change how you function. Amen? It will. Jesus said you're part of another a kingdom, a different kingdom. When you come to Christ, your citizenship changes, right? And we need to think that way. We need to pray that way. Do you know what's talked about in the Lord's Prayer? I'm going to read you the first part of the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6, 8 says, Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, Jesus was talking to disciples, Therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom, what? Come. Your kingdom come. We should be longing for a kingdom that we've really never stepped foot in yet. The kingdom of God. Now we know it's in our hearts. And, 
And, and I, I don't mean to go back and reminisce a little bit, but I did this week. I, I went back a little bit. Growing up in church, they used to talk a lot about being a citizen of the kingdom of God. They really did. Uh, I remember when I was growing up in church, that you know the, the preachers and, and the teachers and, and, and those who were around, we, they, would, they would call us pilgrims. They would say, You're, we're pilgrims in a foreign land. They, listen, I still lived in the United States. Right? I was just in western Pennsylvania. But they knew the kingdom of God. And they used to talk about being pilgrims in this land. They used to talk about, listen, we're citizens of heaven. We're only here. They'd say, we're only here for just a little while. This is just all temporary. Yeah, I, I remember my grandparents saying, this isn't our home, man. This is just, well, I, this house I live in, this is just a temporary dwelling till I get to heaven one day, till I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. We're foreigners. They call themselves foreigners. You don't hear that much anymore, do you? You know, and, and they would say, we're traveling to a different place. And they started getting in our minds and our hearts, we don't really belong here. We're just here for a little while. It's just temporary. Our real citizenship is with God. It's the kingdom of heaven. You start thinking different. I, I remember as a kid, like, hey, this is just all, how different is your approach to everything if you're just like, this is all temporary, right? My house is temporary. My car's temporary. Uh, everything I got is just kind of temporary. It's just, it's just a place for now. And one day, I'm going to step into where I really belong. One day, I'm going to step into a kingdom that, that God's going to reign and rule in, and all this is just going to fade away into the background, amen? amen. That's how we thought. That's how we lived, right? We should get there again. We should practice talking all things kingdom of God. We should practice that. Practice that. If the kingdom is so much better, if the kingdom of God is so much better than the kingdom that's here right now, shouldn't we be talking that way? Can I be honest for a second? I don't think I really do that. I'm just going to be flat honest. I think as I look back at this, sometimes I preach it myself and sometimes I convict my own self when I'm preaching, right? I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, you know, I don't really talk about God's kingdom near as much as I talk about this kingdom. I, I don't talk about God's kingdom when, when I'm in everyday life as much as I talk about the United States of America or what's going on around the country, what's happening in the news, right? If we're supposed to be newscasters for the kingdom of God, what should we be casting, <laughs> right? News about the kingdom, right? God's kingdom. And, and I know some of you are thinking, well, I can't do that where I work right? I can't do it. I get in trouble. I get fired from my job. Some of you are thinking, well, you know, if I start doing that out, I start talking about the kingdom of God out in, in society where I'm at, in school or work or, you know, at play, wherever I'm at, they're going to think I'm a religious nut job, right? We think those things, right? Well, yeah, and you, pastor, you don't understand. This conversation doesn't fit that context. I know it's good preaching on Sunday, but I don't know. I can't really talk kingdom out there. It's not practical. It's not reasonable, right? It's not normal, We'll think those things. Not sure. You know, I, I just can't do it, right? But I don't buy into that logic when I look into God's word. Have you ever noticed that when Jesus spoke out in public, it, it was this natural way of bringing in the kingdom, right? He just did it. If someone was talking about water, Jesus would start talking about living water, right? He started talking about water that, that you could drink and you'll never get thirsty about again. He was talking kingdom. If somebody was talking about money, he'd say, well, you know what? The kingdom of heaven's like a, a treasure hidden in a field, right? And everybody leaned in. He's talking about kingdom, right? If somebody was talking about gardening and, and or farming, he says, you know, gardening's a little bit like a mustard seed. You know, the kingdom of heaven's just a little bit like a mustard seed. You take that mustard seed and you throw that thing into the ground and it begins to grow and the branches spread out and the birds of the earth, he starts talking the kingdom, 
And, you know, if he was talking fishing, he'd say, you know what? If you're fishing, the kingdom of God's like, like casting a big old net out into the ocean. And when you pull it in, there's fishing or that you begin to separate. Jesus spoke that way all the time. How many know that's supernatural speaking? Completely natural. Amen. Right? It isn't weird, right? It, you don't come off like a religious flake. Anybody ever meet a religious flake? All right, don't point at me. All right, anybody ever read me? What? Come on, Jeremy, somebody was weird. That wasn't Jesus. He spoke the kingdom all the time. He was talking kingdom with people, and he's pulling it into conversation. Be naturally supernatural. Do you know that? You ever hear that terminology? I totally ripped that off from somebody else, but I liked it. All right? Be naturally supernatural. I think the Apostle Paul, he gets this right in Colossians. He starts writing in Colossians, and he's asking some people to pray for him about him presenting the gospel. And I love this. In Colossians 4, 2, it says this. I think they're going to put it up on the screen for you. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. He's telling them, the Apostle Paul, the person who can write, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, the, the man who can put, put more information in one paragraph that will just blow your mind. If you start reading the writings of Paul in Scripture, he's got, he packs so much in one paragraph sometimes, I can't hardly get my head around it. Paul the wordsmith, Paul the communicator, he's telling him, listen, pray for me. Because when we cast out into the society, when we start preaching the kingdom, when we start preaching the good news, I need some things to happen. That's what he was telling them. He says, God, ask God to open the door for the kingdom of God today. That's one of the things we pray for. Pray for the right opportunity to share the kingdom of God. He said, help me to speak, speak the mystery of Jesus Christ. I love that, right? Help me to unfold the mystery of Jesus Christ. Help me to speak the right message. That's what he was saying. Help me speak as I ought to speak today. He literally uses that term. Help me to speak in context, right? Help me make it fit. Help my speech be graceful and at the same time seasoned with salt. Help, help me speak graciously, but so effectively, it's just like throwing salt on someone. It, 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 it makes their taste buds savor, right? It, how many know salt can do a bunch of things? It really can. It makes food taste really good, but if you ever dump just straight salt on your tongue, what's that do? <laughs> right? It's potent. It's strong. It Help me to be gracious and salty all together. Paul's telling them, pray this way. Our prayer should be, God, give me opportunity in the kingdom. Our prayer should be, give me the right message. Our prayer should be, help me to incorporate Jesus and the kingdom and everything that I speak. Help me to have, do this in the right context, right? That's where the weird part comes, by the way, right? If you just come with some cookie cutter thing and you get in the wrong context, and you just start saying some random religious things, people are looking at you like you got three heads. No, they put it in context. Help me have grace. Help me to have salt. You know, just let me do it. Good news. Tell somebody about the kingdom of God. It's what Jesus did. It's what Paul did. It's what the Holy Spirit helps us to do if we ask him. I, I thought about this morning, and, and I like process, and I like systems, and, and I like giving people a one, two, three on how to do something, right? But you can't do this for this. 
Yeah, I can't give you a one, two, three. I can tell you, you know why? Because your conversations are going to be so wide. They're going to be so vast. You're going to be in conversation with somebody. Some of you are going to be talking about fish. Some of you are going to be talking about water. Some of you are going to be talking about something else. Some of you are going to be talking about the news. And, and I can't give you a one, two, three and how to bring the kingdom into that conversation. But I can tell you, if you pray, the Holy Spirit will guide you in speaking kingdom. Do you know that? That's why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. When he went back to be with the Father, he sent the Holy Spirit, and he said, I'm going to help you to speak kingdom. Uh, it can't be cookie cutter. I can't give you just a... Now listen, learning a bunch of scripture will really help you, by the way. You'll pull it into the conversation. But I can't give you just say this, say this, and say this. I can't give you that. You got to walk in the spirit. You got to follow the leading of the spirit. You got to be willing to jump in the conversation. I, I love talking to people that have done this. Uh, and, and sometimes it blows, it blows their mind the first time it happens. They'll get into this conversation. They're like, Pastor, I got to talk to somebody about Jesus. You know, they're kind of rubbing their hands. I got, to, I got to talk about the kingdom a little bit. And it was so awesome. You know, and they'll lean in a little bit. And, and they say, I started talking and I don't even know where the words came from. I don't, I don't even know how I said all that. You know, I don't even know where it came from. And they're just like, it just came. And, and, and I began to talk, and, and I just began to speak, and they're talking about the game. And, and you know what that was? That was the Holy Spirit feeding it in, right? And they're just projecting it out. And they're just blown away. They're like, ah, I didn't think about it. It was just there. And, and they're speaking the kingdom of God as we get opportunity. Because it's the greatest kingdom to be a part of. We all live in this lousy kingdom down here. Give them up the kingdom, amen? John 15, 26 says this, but when the helper comes, say the helper, whom I shall send to you from the father of truth, who proceeds from the father, he will testify of me. That's why when you start speaking to, to somebody about Jesus and about the kingdom of God, that's why the words begin to come. Because if the Holy Spirit is working in you and through you, he testifies to Jesus. So he just helps you out. He partners right up with you and you start talking, right? John 14, 26 says this, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all the things that I said to you. How many have a bad memory? Come on. Yeah, me too. Okay, he said he'll bring you all things to your remembrance. He says he will teach you all things. He will teach you all things. I, I don't got time to park there. I could tell you story after story after story of individuals that tell me they get in situations they should have no knowledge of. And they get there and they're not sure how, what to do. And they begin to pray. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes. And he teaches them things that somebody else can't teach them. And they know, because the Holy Spirit knows all things, right? He'll bring it to your remembrance in the instantaneous and in the long term. John 15, 5 says, I am the brand, vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Some of you are going, I can't do this. I know. <laughs> you don't have to. You can't do this on your own. But in him, you can do anything. Just jump into the conversation about the kingdom. Just start talking about it a little bit. And you're going to be amazed. You just turn it over to the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, it's going to happen. You're going to come tell me the story. You're going to say, Pastor, I'm telling you, it was so weird. All right? I got in there, and I just started talking. It just started happening. John 14, 6, he says, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Holy Spirit will not leave you in a conversation. He doesn't say, oh, peace out, all right? He's with you 
in the conversation. He's with you when you're bringing the kingdom. You're speaking his language when you start talking kingdom. He wants to work with you. We are carriers. We are newscasters. We are carriers of the good news. We are the redeemed. We are the ones who, what better spokespeople to talk about the kingdom of God than the people who have been adopted into the kingdom of God. He sent us forward. We know about the kingdom. We need to talk about the kingdom. Say this with me. I'm going to ask you to blindly say something, then I'll explain it. Say, we are preachers. Oh, some of you did. Some of you are like, I say that. All right. We are preachers. Some of you are thinking, no, I'm not, right? That's your job. So you're right. That's what you get paid to do. You're the pastor. You're the evangelist. You're the, the prophet. You're, you're the, you know, uh, you know, you're the teacher. You're the one that's supposed to be expounded. Well, let me tell you something. Not so quick on that conclusion. Let me reread some verses to you here, and I'm getting ready to close. Praise him, can get ready to come. Matthew 24, 14 says this, and the gospel, I read this already, and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. I want you to take notice what you don't see in that scripture. It does not say the gospel of the kingdom will be preached by the pastors in all the world as a witness. doesn't say that anywhere. Doesn't say, doesn't name exclusively pastors, evangelists, prophets, doesn't name anybody exclusive teachers, doesn't say that. It says the gospel will be preached in all the world, okay? Uh, that's first thing. And, and, and in fact, if you start looking at the pastor, the evangelist, the prophet, the apostle, right, the teacher, the fivefold ministry, actually the Bible says the opposite. It really does. In Ephesians 4.11, it says this, and he himself, is talking about Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. My job is to train you to go out and speak to a world that's lost and dying. My job is to equip you to go out and, and, and to share the gospel, to go out and tell people about the kingdom of God. That's my job. Now, that doesn't absolve me from doing it myself. I have to do that as well. But my job is to train the, the, the pastor, the prophet, the apostle, the, the teacher, all of them, right? A, we're to train. We couldn't do it all if we wanted to. We got to get the whole world. There's several billion people that haven't heard the gospel yet. There's people in your neighborhood that haven't heard about the kingdom of God and this new citizenship. It's so amazing. They think this is it. They think this is all there is. I've got to live in the United States so I die, and this is it. This is all that, that get all you can get, right? Grab everything you can grab now. And we need to tell them there is so much more. This is nothing. All this right here, this is nothing compared to what's coming in Christ nothing it's 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 one second with the lord and all this will fade so far behind you you won't even you can't even get your head around it it'll fade in a heartbeat for what you're going to experience and what you're going to see and what you're going to be part of in the kingdom of god that's true i'm gonna ask you to stand Thank you for tuning in to this message from Lifehouse Church. We pray that you were impacted powerfully by this message. If you have been personally affected by our ministry and you would like to partner with us as we love God, love people every day, visit our website at www.lifehousecog.com.